So how do you know Canada's closed for business? Follow the dollar. Because uh, when you do, you start to realize that the numbers being spun by the feds aren't, uh, aren't adding up. It's just spin. There's a really interesting read in today's Financial Post that does crunch the numbers and the data for the last couple of years. And there's no question, investment has slowed to a crawl. Foreign investment is not interested in coming here. If you look between 2005 and 2014, foreign investment was 6.2%. And under the Trudeau government, it has now dropped to half of that. So from 2015 to 2017, it's gone down to 3.1%. I mean, why invest here when you can go next door where the taxes are lower? You don't have things like carbon tax being shoved down your throat. You're not dealing with huge deficits. I mean, it's just too expensive in this country. Not to mention, (laughs) we're hearing how many companies just cannot get anything done because they have to jump through so many hoops. Why would you take such risks? Let's bring in the person who wrote this piece. Professor Steve Globalman. He is a professor over at Western Washington University, also a senior fellow with the Fraser Institute. He joins me now. You know, Professor, I had just finished reading your article in the Financial Post, and no sooner had I read it, I see newsflash, Suncor is not going to be investing in Canada because of all the turmoil. And it just kind of struck me as, what an irony, because you yourself are talking about the fact that companies are not investing in this country. Right, yes. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the energy sector in particular is is subject now to an enormous amount of uncertainty. Uh, so that that particular piece of news uh, probably is it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. No, it certainly punctuates the point, though, um, you know, of your article, which kind of says follow the dollar, and the dollars just simply don't add up. And yet we hear that the, the economy is going terrific. There's you know low unemployment rate and yet what our finance minister is saying and what is actually happening as far as investment can you kind of explain that well i i I think it's fair to say that uh um the canadian economy recovery is partly reflecting the u.s economy recovery uh we're we're getting a a pretty good boost from uh the the export sector Mm -hmm. um having said that yes there, the, the Canadian economy has done pretty well the last couple of years, but I've looked at the data, and, and a lot of that good performance in the last couple of years has been very strongly driven by um, investment in residential housing, uh, which has taken a, an increasing share of domestic investment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what I see is a, a real vulnerability because interest rates are going up, uh, house, housing prices in Vancouver and Toronto in particular are quite high, and, and people's budgets are stretched. If that sector turns down, mm-hmm. which it well may, um, the, 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 then the good performance, quote-unquote, that we've had might not look quite as good going forward. So in other words, right now Canada's lucky that we have such a great housing market, because that's really the only foreign investment that we're getting. And that's not, I think, the way you want to run an economy, correct? No, no, certainly not. not and, and particularly not in the long run, because it's investment in, in machinery and equipment, yeah. in research and development, in innovation. That's what grows productivity, and that ultimately is what grows increases in standards of living. Right. But the numbers you show are interesting because if you go back uh, to the 2005 period, uh, I think you brought it through 2014, though the investment dollars from foreign um, investment was at 6.2 percent. 
since the liberal government have come in, that has been cut in half. That's a pretty is that a surprising downturn for you or is it specific to them and their policy? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's partly, certainly partly, uh, as much as, uh, as what the government has not done, I'm talking about the, the, the Canadian government has not done as what it's done, and in relation to what the U.S. government has done. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to, to carry a brief for Donald Trump, but <laughs> the fact is that, that the, the deregulation in the U.S., the lower corporate tax rates, um, have have made a difference, and and we're competing for capital with with you know every developed country in the world, and in particular with the U.S. Um, so uh, so yes, we're our, our policies are disadvantaging our our investments. So how long then can Canada or specifically the Trudeau government kind of ride this wave before people in this country start to say, hold on a second, we are actually not doing well at all, and when do we actually start to see average people feel it? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, and, and, and again, I go back to partly depends on what your perspective is for the housing market. Mm-hmm. If there's a downturn in the housing market and the construction sector slows down substantially, people will see it sooner rather than later. Um, if NAFTA falls apart, um, people will see it sooner rather than later. Um, certainly, you know, over the next uh, uh, five to ten years, the investment that did not get made in the last three to four years is going to is going to start to show up in in, in slower productivity growth, and and therefore uh, lower standards of living. Can you turn it around? I mean, the only thing I'm hearing. Um you know, because I'm not a business person, I'm not a, an economics major like yourself. Um, can you turn it around, or do, does this government simply have to lower taxes and, and just, how do you fix it? Well, <laughs> it's, it's not a one, it's, certainly there's no one single fix. But, but I, I, I think that, and, and I think this is going to be particularly the case if the NAFTA does, if Canada is not included in NAFTA, um, I think the the government is going to need to face um, some hard decisions about lowering corporate tax rates dramatically, mm-hmm. uh, and also lowering the tax rates on um, relatively high income individuals. Because now, I mean, high income individuals are are computer engineers. They're they're um, uh, innovators. Uh, they're entrepreneurs. They're the kind of people who we need to make the investments that we're looking for. And and um, yes, it's easy to say lower taxes, but that shouldn't be dismissed as a as a as a very important instrument to generate growth. I think the government's going to have to look at its regulatory agenda uh, very carefully. I know there's lots of debate about the Trans Mountain pipeline, and that maybe precipitates some of this. Uh, review that really needs to be done uh, about reducing uh, regulatory costs, particularly on small businesses. Um, we can probably do more in trying to encourage um, um, really top-rate, uh, highly educated people to come to Canada. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the list can go on, but I think I've given you a, a few of what would, for me, would be the, the the top of the list items. Yeah, I'm not so hopeful that it'll happen, but it would be nice. We'll see. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, joining me tonight, Professor. Okay, thank you. His name's Steve Globerman. The article you can read in the Financial Times, well worth the read. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.